are very welcome to the latest episode of Talking Technology with NCBI Labs, which brings us up to show number eight in the current series. This is JP Corkinwich today. I'm standing in for my colleague Jude Marr, and I hope you are keeping safe and well. As always, our podcasts are here to help you stay up to date with the latest trends and developments in technology for people with sight loss. And today is so different because we're going to be sharing with you some exciting news about the recent launch of Inclusivity and Accessibility Labs, or better known as IA Labs a company that aims to drive forward the issue of equal inclusion and access to the digital world for everyone. And on the show this week, I'm delighted to be joined by IA Labs co-founder Kyron O'Mahony and Adela Bulliman, who is QA and customer success lead with IA Labs. So Kyron and Adela, it's great to have you both with us on the show today. Thanks, JP. Thanks, JP. Okay. I must say, I've been really looking forward to this chat, as it's a topic I've had a very, very special interest in. In a short while, we're going to be talking about the recent launch of IA Labs and the first Digital Accessibility Index. But before that, I'd like to take this opportunity to let our listeners know that our regular podcast host, Jude Marr, is unfortunately going to be leaving NCBI in the coming weeks and is now finished actually hosting the Labs podcast. So Jude has been a regular host from day one of the show and will certainly miss his, his voice uh, going forward. I think Kyron, it's fair to say he's going to be greatly missed, not just by, by the team, but also by, by the many listeners who we have uh, on the show. So yeah, JP, I can't believe it. Jude is Jude is finishing up, and um, I just thought it'd be nice um, if if people don't mind me just just weighing in a little bit. I know I'm here to talk about uh, inclusion and accessibility labs, but also, um, as you know, I'm, I, I run the technology at the NCBI Labs team in 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 NCBI, and Jude is is been such a wonderful member of that team. So um, uh, thanks for giving me a couple of minutes just to just to talk about Jude and. And wish him wish him all the best. So um, I I was thinking before we we started the podcast this morning, uh, JP, that uh, mm. when we were in the very start of COVID and we came up with the idea of you know uh, a technology podcast or a technology live event, I think it was originally just as a a means to uh, convey information to people on sight loss with uh, you know uh, all about technology that they that they can use for themselves during COVID nineteen and. And Jude was such a, a key member of that project and really just, you know, really believes in the power of, of, of the medium of, of, of you know, of voice and, and all those pieces to to bring, you know, what, what do we call it? NCBI live event back then? And yes, um, yes. and yourself and Jude really just got behind it. And I, I hosted the first few and then Jude really didn't need me. He was just that good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he just kicked off and, and, and really, you know, drove the podcast to, mm. to huge success. Both both you and Jude have been just instrumental in making um, what is now uh, Talking Technology just a huge success. So I just want to say from myself as the as the as the CTO in, in the National Council of the Blind, a huge, huge thank you to Jude. Um, I think he's he's going to be incredibly missed by me and I think the whole team w would echo that. He's such a wonderful person and um, uh, I can't believe he's going, but sometimes people have to have to move on, and we're really going to miss him. But we we genuinely, I think everyone on the team who I've spoken to, um, really was like, no, don't go. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But uh, what what a, what a great MC and host of of yes. of talking technology, and. Um, I think it's going to be very hard to find someone as good. <laughs> Absolutely, Aaron. I think we'll. We will we'll really miss him, and uh, we certainly wish him every uh, best. Uh, send him all our best wishes in his uh, future endeavors. 
Great. So, guys, so as a reminder, if you have any questions or comments about what's been covered on the show this week, you can send an email to labs at ncbi.ie or you can post a question in the Q&A panel and we'll make sure to get right back to you. So moving on with the show, uh, there's no doubt that we've entered an age of professionalized internet with a high expectation for accessible websites and mobile applications. At this point, I'd like to introduce IA Labs. So Kyron, I might start with yourself and I wonder could you tell us a little bit about the background to IA Labs, you know, the original concept and inspiration behind it. So, yeah, absolutely. So IA Labs really, um, it evolved out of something we started doing in, in the National Council for the Blind. Um, you know, when when yourself and myself and, and some of the other team members in, in the NCBI started uh, supporting companies on making their uh, their websites and mobile applications accessible. Um, I think we we kind of realized how how important it was to um, uh, to support as many companies as we could on their journey towards accessibility. And as many of you know, like the mantra that we have in in NCBI Labs is you know technology is the single greatest enabler for someone with with sight loss. And really, what we found with with this with digital accessibility is it's far broader than than even sight loss. You know, it really is an enabler for all disabilities. So we had been, you know, internally um, supporting a number of companies, both public and private, on on their journeys towards making their websites and and mobile applications accessible. And we knew that we needed to build a, a dedicated team to focus on it exclusively because it was just that important. You know, so JP and 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 Many of your own fellow trainers in NCBI mm-hmm. spend a lot of time teaching people how to use technology, and then they they eventually go to a website, and that website is not set up correctly, and they're unable to use it. So we knew that you know we we can teach people technology, but also we need to teach the companies. Um, or, sorry, when I say people, I mean service users yeah. or people with sight loss how to use technology. But when they go to the website, we also need to teach the companies that build um, those websites how to make their websites accessible. So, you know, um, it's like a fully holistic approach to, to digital technology. And, and we've done it a couple of times. I mean, and JP, um, you're, you're, you're very modest as always, but um, you're instrumental as well in some of the, the initial reviews and checks and, and putting all of the processes in place to make sure that we were conveying the right information to companies. And that's really where the foundation of ILabs came from, because we knew this was such an important thing to do. <clears throat> and IA Labs then was really, it was built on that mantra of technology being the single greatest enabler for someone with sight loss or someone with a disability, even more importantly. And what what we found and Adela and the rest of the team in IA Labs is that we really live by the mantra that we are going to make Ireland digitally accessible, one website and mobile application at a time. So we made a presentation to the NCBI group board and said, you know, we think there's something really important here that we need to do. And the board were hugely supportive of that. Um, so IA Labs was formed, Inclusion and Accessibility Labs, um, with that aim to build a team that's exclusively focused on digital accessibility. Fantastic. And uh, Karen, who, who is on, on the IA Labs team at, at present? So we 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 have a wonderful team actually, and 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 a very passionate people. Um, so the way the team is really structured is there's Adela and Sean Doran lead the 
the the the accessibility or quality assurance as we call it so our qa team so on that team there's um there's sean and adela and uh, um alice and diana as well so we have we have three people that it, that work all day every day on performing audits of websites to make sure they're accessible and i think when we say audits we mean we review them and we make sure that they're we find out what the bugs are and what the issues are where people are being blocked from um, from a, from a, from a perspective of accessibility, and then we offer them solutions on how they can fix it themselves. Um, we also have, um, um, some min team that works there and people that support us around, uh, uh, engaging with companies. Um, so it's, it's, it's a wonderful team. Uh, it's a, it's a great, um, well, I, 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 maybe we should. I should ask Adela if it's a wonderful team. Actually, yeah, it, <laughs> it is. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> it's not good if the boss said it's a wonderful team and then everyone else has gone. I don't like working there, but I think everyone likes working there. We do. No? Yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good good sign. Okay, so I gather then, guys, it seems to be a very broad spectrum of services offered. So it's okay. Audit obviously is a significant component here, but there's also training. Is like service subscriptions and so forth. And I think one of the cases that I, I have uh, come across, Karen, that you mentioned at the launch last uh, Wednesday, which I think we're going to be talking about more until the moment, is the extensive reach that, that um, some of these audits are 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 reach like have. Like if we can think, of, for example, the COVID tracker app, an audit was done on that, and that the reach here is is enormous when you think about it, isn't it? Yeah. So th I mean, th that's one that um, I think the whole IA Labs team are particularly proud of because. Um, so the COVID Ireland tracker app, um, we were engaged to to support the the HSE uh, on ensuring that that app was accessible as possible, because it was you know it was a hugely important application during the pandemic, and one of the so IA Labs would have done accessibility audits, but w more than that, as you said, it was we wanted to really ensure that it met the highest level of standards, and the HSE really. Uh, wanted wanted a digital accessibility to be something that you know was just embedded in in their development process so right uh through the even before it had been released we worked alongside them and we gave them feedback and, and like you said it's not just about performing an audit we also gave them training and we worked with their development teams to say you know here, here's where's where you're doing really good here's where you're doing not so good but to give them that perspective of how you would design uh, a mobile application for people with disabilities, you know, um, and that is a unique perspective on on a, on a user experience. So um, when that app was launched, it has been downloaded by uh, over 1.3 million people in Ireland. It is the most popular mm -hmm. app in Ireland. And for for an app of that scale, we know that up to 25 to 30 percent of people need some level of assistive support. So you can you can say that the work that the ILABS team did impacted over 300,000 people in this country with disabilities. So that's that's something that we're all particularly proud of. And um, I think it's, it's a great um, it's a great relationship to have. And it continues to be used. Uh, a lot of the accessibility that we had, it continues to be used across our accessibility work that we did on the, the COVID Ireland track was inherited and and used in many of the, the same tracker apps across across Europe. So massively important. Uh, uh, piece of work that was done and um uh, we're, we're really we're really proud of it but it really shows you the as you said jp the impact yeah. or the potential impact of digital yes. accessibility you know yeah 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 
Thanks, thanks for telling us about, about that. And just if I could bring us now to uh, last Wednesday when we launched IA Labs uh, in, in, in Dublin, in Mason Hayes Curran. Um, I think there were, there were two things that really stood out for me on the day and in the speeches that, that were given. Uh, one was an interesting quote was referred to from uh, was a quotation from a, a Tim Berners-Lee, who was director of W3C, an inventor of the World Wide Web, which was the power of the web is in its universality. Access to everyone, regardless of disability, is an essential aspect. And that is a perspective that I think seems to be holding through to today, decades later. The other, I suppose, the other thing that did really stand out for me is from the speakers is, is how emotive uh, each of the speeches uh, speakers were. Um, like people were drawing, particularly yourself, Karen, drawing on your personal experience of really the, the empowering role that technology has played and continues to play in all, all our lives. So it goes beyond perhaps the legislative requirements of accessibility and inclusion it's really it's just the right thing to do isn't it yeah that, that was a really um key part of the launch you know and, and I, you know from from my own perspective as i said during during the launch is that i suffer from sight loss myself with, with i've had nystagmus or congenital nystagmus and very limited vision but the the, the importance that technology plays in my own life, you know, and, and uh, even before uh, I joined NCBI, it really is this key enabler that you know um, that I speak of, and that that mantra that 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 I say and I say repeatedly, you know, about technology being the single greatest enabler for someone with a disability, really came out of personal experience, you know, um, and and the analogy that that I used when uh, uh, during the launch was that. Um, on my very first day in computing science degree, I, I didn't know how to turn the computer on. Like I literally had to ask someone, you know, um, how does this computer turn on? But then once I was able to turn a computer on and, and you know, for me, for the first time ever being able to increase the font size, mm -hmm. you know, I'm being able to make text bigger. Uh, it was one of the most, and it's a bad pun, but it was one of the most eye-opening yeah. <laughs> experiences. Um, but you know, and then going through as, as technology enabled, or sorry, technology got better and better, you know, through using a tablet or a, or a laptop, you know, and, you know, for, for many, many years, my, my entire goal was, oh, I need the biggest screen or, you know, mm -hmm. I need, you know, how big a screen can I get? How big a laptop can I get? Whereas now technology has gotten to a point where, you know, I can use a 13 inch screen because the accessibility features are so good. You know, and, and, and it means that, you know, I'm no longer sitting in a meeting with the when everyone else has the cool looking laptops and I've, I've had this absolute monster. So we're, we're at a point where, you know, technology is, is, is just embedding itself in our lives and it becomes more about, you know, you know, as I, as I said at the IA Labs launch, it becomes more about, you know, just doing your job or, or just, you know, participating in education as opposed to being blocked from education yes. or. Yeah. or participating in employment and you know you're the same as as anyone else and really the the most important thing is that you know if, if you can sit in and use a computer and you're at, you're as employable as, as anyone else in in my view and just to, as a quick reminder for all our service users is that the technology team in, in ncbi are here to help around training on on, on use of of computers and, and ipads so if anyone who's listening today you know, is struggling in that area, do do reach out to us. But IA Labs then is is obviously the extension of that, you know, because we there's two sides of the sides of the coin. Um 
One is that we we teach people how to use computers and make sure that they're, they're proficient and you know unemployable. At the second time is we want to make sure that the companies that they're working with have you know digital accessibility in their agenda, and that's that's yeah. the IA Lab side of it. Yeah, really, really, a really good message uh, to to refer to here. If, if we can focus for a moment on the area of accessibility and digital inclusion, um, in your opinion. Why is it so important, and why is why has it become so topical of, of late? We're hearing a lot about it uh, in recent in recent times. Why do you think that is? Why do I think that is? I think well, I think there's a number of aspects of it. Um, the, I mean, obviously there was there's EU. I know you're going to talk about this in a moment, but I know that there is EU legislation that's in place, and it is an Irish law as well that says all public sector websites need to be um, need to be accessible. Uh, and meet a certain level of digital accessibility. Um, but, you know, also many companies around on their diversity inclusion agenda are, you know, part of that agenda is also uh, accessibility. Mm -hmm. You know, inclusion is not just about disability. There's other areas of inclusion. But, you know, I think I think a lot of companies are on a journey in Ireland to make sure that, you know, one that, you know, uh, they have a, a specific objection around, or, objection, sorry, objective, <laughs> very, very different word actually, uh, but they have a specific objective to make sure that their websites and, 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 and areas are inclusive. But, you know, I think they're, they're at the start of that journey, unfortunately, you know, and, but, you know, we're here to help them on, on that journey. So, and it's, it's good that it's higher and higher on people's, you know, radars, um, in companies, um, and I think what we really want to do, you know, like in the example that I gave from the HSC, part of IA Labs objectives is, you know, we want companies to embed accessibility as part of the process to build a website or as part of the process to build a mobile application. It shouldn't be that, you know, and I've been guilty of this in my on my own projects when I back before I joined NCBI, when I built websites, is that you don't want accessibility to something that we, we 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 do at the end of a project and i've learned the hard way is that anything you say oh we'll do that for the in the final sprint or we'll do that as the, you know yes. just before we go live there is never time for it and i think accessibility has has sometimes been deprioritized and and nowadays you know most companies because they have a diversity and inclusion agenda accessibility is part of that and um like your previous um um uh, guest was saying from from sky like it's all about moving accessibility to the left in terms of development yes. you know you yes. want it embedded from you want it embedded from the very start yeah. and it's great that more and more companies are are, are realizing that now and, and IA labs is is here to help like we we have dedicated training we can support all all people on their journey towards digital inclusion Right. Thanks, thanks, thanks for that perspective, Kyron. That's very, very important. Um, I might bring Adela in, in here if you don't mind. Um, I gather just from chatting to Kyron today as well that there seems to be a very broad spectrum of accessibility insofar as it doesn't take a, a one-size, say, fits-all approach. And I wonder, could you tell us a little bit about what it is, what what exactly is it that sets say an accessible website or a mobile application apart from one that might not be accessible? Yeah. Thanks, JB. So. Um, I think uh, a good place to start is maybe with the WCAG. So they're the uh, Web Content Accessibility Guidelines. Um, and they lay out some pretty, I think, 78 different guidelines for making a website accessible. 
and as well I know that NCBI are a charity for blind and visually impaired but these guidelines actually encompass all disabilities so it's for people with intellectual disabilities hearing disabilities um motor disabilities it encompasses everything so really following those guidelines is the most important thing when if you want to make your site accessible um and then from there it's it's a little bit difficult to define exactly what is is accessible if if it hasn't hit every single guideline say mm-hmm. um but the way i try to look at it in terms of you know how accessible a site is is can you access every single section can someone with a disability access every single section um there's lots of times where maybe you need a mouse to click certain things or to expand certain things um and that means you're keeping that information away from someone um who can't use a mouse who needs a screen reader and uses a keyboard or has motor disability and so um that's my my definite fail for inaccessibility mm-hmm. <laughs> so so I wonder could you outline for some of the other obstacles someone might encounter, Adela. So when, say for example, someone with low vision versus someone maybe who is using maybe a screen reader, what are some of the issues that frequently encounter on an inaccessible website or, or application or really any digital content? Yes, yeah, so I think for low vision, one of the biggest ones is color contrast. Um, a lot of companies, you know, obviously they have their their brand colors and they want to stick to it. But like sometimes even if you don't have low vision yellow text on, on a pink background, it's just going to be really difficult to read. But definitely if you have low vision or some form of color blindness, um, the color contrast ratio is really going to make a huge difference. Also, things like uh, font size. Um, if you have things that move automatically across your page, maybe there's some sort of carousel of images that can actually just be really disorientating for someone who takes a second to focus on what they're looking at. Yeah. Um, okay. And then Adela, I wonder, could, could you walk us through, say, the, the auditing process? So how do IA Labs conduct an accessibility audit typically on a website or a mobile application and, and say ensure that it's compliant with the, the WCAG guidelines that you just referred to? Yeah, so in terms of the guidelines themselves, we have a checklist with every single guideline that we check across every single page of every single website, every single mobile um, application. To And we give it a pass or fail mark um, based on those guidelines for every single page. As I've said, we use um, a few screen readers. So we use um, JAWS, NVDA, and VoiceOver on Mac. And then we use multiple uh, other devices as well. So we have an Android phone, an iPhone, and an iPad and a tablet. And we check on each single, because some platforms, you have bits that work, and then uh, you might go on your Android and it doesn't work anymore. So you have to check every single thing. Okay, I, I got out that there's, there's no stone, but it sounds a bit left unturned. If there's an accessibility issue, you you guys are going to find it, aren't you? Yeah, we're like, we're checking every single guideline, yeah. every single device. <laughs> there's nothing <laughs> we won't find. <laughs> nothing missed. Very, very good. Very good. Um, at this point, uh, Karen, I might, you might go back back in here. This, we'd, I'd like to um, just tell listeners a little bit about the Digital Accessibility 
index, which I know was a significant component of the launch of IA Labs last week. Now, as it happens, I have the index uh, um, in my hand now. It's in print uh, form, and it is a um, colossal um, copy. It's, it's 140 pages, A5. Um, it must have been a mammoth undertaking. So how, how exactly was it done? Um, <laughs> so the Digital Accessibility Index of Ireland is is really the the first time a piece of research has been done um, on Ireland as a whole to look at how Ireland is performing um, in terms of digital accessibility. So Adela and her team led the, the, the process of, of putting the index together. So we reviewed, um, and by we, for the next five minutes, I mean Adela, um, mm -hmm. reviewed the uh, top 100 companies in, in Ireland we looked at the top 10 um, public and private hospitals in Ireland. We looked at the top eight employment websites and we looked at housing as well and the key housing websites that are out there alongside. Um, I think I've missed one category, Adela, which is just escaping me at the moment. But all of those websites we reviewed um, against the standards that, um, that Adela referred to, the WCAG 2.1 standards. And we wanted this to be uh, the first, you know, not only the first, but um, a really comprehensive audit of what is Ireland's current um, level of ac digital accessibility and be it as a, not a mechanism to point fingers at companies that are not meeting it, but to show everyone where we're at now and where we need to go in terms of digital accessibility. And we intend to do this review uh, every year now going forward. So IA Labs will be um, performing an audit um, in Q1 every year and, and, and again, showcasing where Ireland is in terms of digital accessibility. So it was an incredible piece of work. And it, to our knowledge, this is the first time it's been done as comprehensively in, in Ireland. And there was some there were some areas that that performed well um, and there were some areas that performed not so well, you know, um, and if, if it's OK, JP, I might just go through some of the, Please, the key uh, findings from the report, if that's all right. Thank you. So I think what's what's really interesting is is. Um, we we didn't exclusively look at um, who was required to do. Uh, uh, sorry, who was required to be digitally accessible under under Irish and EU law. Um, we look broader than that. So if you look at the the government departments in Ireland, um, we've seen that quite a few of them are now uh, digitally accessible, you know, so. Um, however, once you start looking outside of that, um, if you look at <clears throat> uh, the top 100 companies or sorry, excuse me, the top 100 companies in Ireland, only 28% of, of those companies actually passed uh, the accessibility test that we performed on them, yeah. which is which is really low, you yeah. know, so le less than 30% of 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 the comp of the top 100 companies in Ireland are actually um, accessible. Um, education is, is the one that I pretend I sorry, I found particularly um, particularly shocking because education is such an important thing. And if you suffer from a disability, you know, um, education can be even more difficult, but of the top 10 private, top 10 public schools and the top 10 universities in Ireland, not a single one 
passed our accessibility test, which is, which is really, it was really, really, mm -hmm. yeah, which is terrible. So again, we also wanted to look at, as you know, the the healthcare system in Ireland because, you know, through COVID nineteen, access to information and and you know even being able to browse your 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 nearest hospital is 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 so important. So we looked at the top ten public hospitals and the top ten private hospitals in Ireland. And so out of those 20 that we reviewed, only one passed a, a digital accessibility test. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done there. And I think, you know, I'm hoping that the the digital accessibility index will will draw some focus and allow them to to start working on it. But I think there, there's areas that are also important, like in terms of, you know, if someone has a disability and they, you know, obviously want to live an independent life, if you look through employment and and uh, retail, um, from an all the so, sorry, excuse me. From the employment that we reviewed, we reviewed nine sites. One passed. One making yeah. it even harder to um, uh, to to reach employment and achieve yeah. that level of independence as someone with disability. But I think again, if you and one thing, and Adela can you might jump in on this one. But if you look at the top 100 sites, you know these are the top 100 companies in Ireland that most have a, a DNI agenda. You know. If those websites aren't accessible, you can't apply for a job in those companies. So even if you look at an employment website, you can't apply for a job because it's it's digitally inaccessible. And I think you know, um, like a lot of people, you know, shopping from home was hugely important during uh, COVID nineteen. None of the top five grocery retailers in Ireland passed our, our tests. So um, really, kind of stark findings in terms of where we're at in. In Ireland, in terms of our, our digital accessibility, and I think you know, as I said at the start, I think we're at the start of the journey, you know. But it's important to note that you know, um, public schools, public hospitals, because they're funded by the government, they are covered by the legislation, and none of them pass their accessibility tests, you know. So they're required to do so in their law. Um, and then the top 100 companies in Ireland, obviously, they're private companies, so. They're not currently co covered under under legislation, but it's still the right thing to do. It's the right thing to do to have a digitally accessible website. Do you think kind of like is the private sector at any point or do you, do you feel it's starting to embrace digital accessibility or is it a while as you know, before we, we start before we start seeing that? Well, I think they are starting to talk about it. They definitely have it diversity and inclusion on their on their agenda but they haven't made their their websites accessible just yet um you know and the biggest proportion of of companies in the top 100 that had an accessible website and Adela, correct me on this one wrong but was the technology and communication sector were the largest yeah. pass yeah. rate which you would expect 40, 46 really 46 percent excuse me sorry 46 percent of the tech industry uh passed yeah. out okay. which is still Less than half, yeah. Like still a D, <laughs> I think, isn't it? Isn't that the, the yeah. story? <laughs> it's not even half. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not even half. So, you know, it, it really is is evident that there's a lot more work to be done. And and also, I think what's important to, to note, because so many of our, our own service users listen, listen to the Talking Technology podcast, is that, you know, if your website isn't accessible, you know, you need, you, you can also contact the company and say why isn't your website accessible yeah. you know what i mean um and and, and actually pointed out to them as well because we're in i labs we're doing our best to 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 raise the um 
to raise the awareness amongst companies. But, you know, mm-hmm. you can do that too. You can advocate for yourself as well. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, and then just just to make one final thing, if you don't mind, JP. Um, so in terms of the, the broadness of the actual legislation where people are, are required, we are expecting by 2025 that the legislation will be expanded to cover private sector websites okay. as well. So I think you've an opportunity now to get ahead of the game and be in a position where, you know, you have an accessible website. But uh, it is looking likely and probable that the, the legislation that's currently in place will be expanded to to cover private sectors as well. And I think NCBI and ILABs obviously both welcome that. Absolutely. Um, I'll be interested in, in, in getting your, your, your opinions, guys, uh, and as to what the future holds for digital accessibility in, in Ireland. And beforehand, I, I remember I was chatting to, to a service user a while ago who was using uh, quite a, a website on a very well, well-known uh, grocery retailer, Tesco's. And this is going back a number of years. And um, what, what happened was that they were, Tesco actually designed two websites. They designed one, inverted commas, accessible one, and then one for just general public. What happened, I believe, was that the accessible website, it was kind of quite slow to be updated. It was, you know, some of the, the online users were missing out on certain sales items and so, et cetera, that were available on the on the general website. So in the end, it was one site uh, that was designed and really kind of coming into this whole term of umbrella term of inclusive design, having one, having one accessible website as opposed to having, for example, even you know two documents, one accessible PDF or Word document and one that will just be you know um that you know that's for for just uh for everyone so i'd be interested to get your thoughts guys like as as a comparison of the accessibility of websites and apps say even five ten years ago to present and from say the present uh, from right now to five ten years uh, and five five ten years time like is the future bright do we think want to start uh, maybe yourself adela yeah i i think so um in terms of that Tesco scenario, I mean, that's really unfortunate. Um, but I'd say what the issue was, was that whoever the developers in Tesco are probably just aren't, aren't experts in accessibility and maybe found a plugin and thought we'll have this second site and it'll work. But again, it wasn't prioritized and it really should be because it's it's not like there's really few people with disabilities. There's 600,000 people in Ireland with disabilities. So it, it's not about like, you know, uh, like it's a lot of people and we really have to take them into account and make it a priority. But I do think it's looking up, like even in terms of the, say the top 100 um, companies on the index, we said only 28% passed. La- last year it was 22%. Okay. So I think we're we're making those baby steps, and the the first step was caring first of all, um, companies like IA Labs, um, devoting everything to making this a thing, bringing out an index to set a baseline for these companies, and and you know kind of taking the world into the ball of your hand and saying what what can we do with this, where can we bring it from here? Yeah. So it sounds like things are perhaps moving in direct direction, albeit slowly, but we're getting there and yeah. and Karen, how, how about yourself and i think another point that i'll be interested to get your 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 views on is i'll be interested to know whether you think like digital accessibility this digital accessibility uh, will become a, like a policy feature of public and private companies in ireland so maybe somewhat akin to like gdpr which we had introduced a number of years ago um 
So is that likely to happen? Um, I mean, that's that's a that's a great question. Um, and by that, I mean, I'm trying to take some time to think about how to answer it. Um, so what? Yeah, I, I think it is. I mean, you know, I think if you look at GDPR and how that was implemented, it took people time to um, to understand the complexities of it and and the challenges of implementing that. So I think we're, we're in the same situation for um, the digital accessibility legislation, like the EU directive saying that, you know, public sector bodies need to have an accessible website. So, um, and it's, it's going to, it's like, you know, it's like you said there, it might be baby steps along the journey to accessibility, but I think those baby steps are happening, you know? And I think what's, what's important is that, you know, people also need to realize how far reaching that legislation is, you know? So similar to GDPR, I think when everyone first heard of GDPR, like what's that? And, yeah. and oh, that doesn't affect me. Whereas the reality is, you know, a huge number of organizations in Ireland are affected by the current e-legislation. Mm -hmm. So for example, like if you look at all entities in Ireland that are funded over 50% by the state are covered by the legislation. So that obviously would cover every primary school, every secondary school, uh, or sorry, not every, the vast majority, I should say, excluding kind of private ones. And I think, you know, I'm no expert in this field in terms of funding, but I think, you know, a lot of private schools do get some level of funding. Um, and then on top of that, like all of the hospitals that we referred to, the GA clubs that are funded by the state, in fact, so many of the sporting organizations in Ireland have funding from Sport Ireland. So, and Sport Ireland themselves are covered under the legislation. And, you know, I think what will happen over the next, you know, six to 12 to 18 months is that many of the organizations um, will either be contacted by IA Labs and say, you need to make your website mm -hmm. accessible and we're here to help. Or service users that are listening today, you know, be saying, you're covered under this legislation. Why don't you have an accessible website? And that's a fair question to ask because, you know, there, there's a law saying that that you you need to. So I think as the legislation beds down, and it, it's clear as well that the EU and Ireland are really supportive of, you know, broadening the legislation. So, I mean, I think by 2025, if all private and public sector bodies are, are covered under this legislation, that's a huge win for people in this country with disabilities. And I think, you know, it'll give um, people the kind of the, the, the impetus to start working or focusing more on having accessibility embedded in their process for, you know, development of websites, developing the mobile applications. Great. Well, I think that's, that's a really, really good uh, positive point to, to finish off on uh, today. Uh, Kyron and Adela Smith, thank you both for joining us on the show to tell us about IA Labs and sharing the many very interesting findings that were revealed in the Digital Accessibility Index. I think it's very obvious from today, from speaking with you both, that digital inclusion is, is something that you're both very passionate about uh, promoting, and I've no doubt that IA Labs will continue to make huge strides in this area in, in the future. So. We certainly look forward to having you both with us back on the show in, in the near future. So before we go, uh, how can someone find out about the many services available from our labs or, or receive support? So um, the, the easiest way to, 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 to get more information about IA Labs is to visit the, the website. 
Um, so you can go to www.ialabs.ie. And if you'd like to download your own copy, um, and it's a fully accessible copy of the Digital Accessibility Index, you can go to ialabs.ie forward slash DAI. We also have uh, Braille versions available for people if they if they would like them. So uh, if any of your listeners are, 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 are Braille users, we can certainly send you a, a Braille version too. And um, we have um, lots of information on the products and services that are available on the ILABS website. So which of course is fully accessible <laughs> as well, needless to say. So um, if, if anyone out there really wants to get more information, do reach out to us. If you'd like to send us an email in, in ILABS, it's just hello at ILABS.ie. And we're, we're happy to, this is what we, we love and this is what we're very passionate about. So we, we're happy to, to talk to anyone uh, around the area of digital accessibility. So please do reach out to us. Excellent. Kyron and Adela, thanks again for, for joining us today. Thanks, thanks. JP. Great stuff. So just a, a few notes and reminders before we finish up our show. Uh, as a reminder, if you have if you require any technology support from the labs team, you can contact our help desk on 1800 911 or send an email to labs at ncbi.ie. Or to avail of our wider services from NCBI, you can call us on 1800 911 250 or email info at ncbi.ie. If you'd like to make a donation to NCBI to help keep our services and our podcast going, uh, you can visit donate.ncbi.ie. And so what is coming up on future shows? We have lots of great topics and guests in store for you over the coming weeks. So on the show uh, in two weeks time, we'll have an update about the NCBI Smart Hub. As a reminder, the Smart Hub provides a convenient way to avail of the many NCBI services through your smart speaker. And we'll have an update for you about its release. We'll also be joined by podcaster Stephen Scott and uh, from the very popular Blind Guys Talk Tech podcast. I think Kyra, you were on that show quite recently. Yeah, it was great. Really enjoyed meeting Stephen. Yeah. Good. So now uh, Steve's returning the favor. He's going to be <laughs> joining us on our show. Uh, on another show, we'll be joined by Hector Minto, who is Microsoft Tech Evangelist for Europe, uh, Middle East, and Africa. And finally, it's a big debate, round three, iOS v Android. So which is the better platform? The gloves are off again as our regular panelists and special guests voice their opinions. I think, Kyron, it's fair to say which side you'll be on for that debate. Oh, it's it's 100% iOS all the way. <laughs> <laughs> no surprises there. So our next show will be taking place in two weeks' time, Tuesday 17th of May at the usual time of 2.30 p.m. As a reminder, if you'd like to find out about what's coming up in future shows and be kept up to date with the very latest technology news for people with sight loss, you can subscribe to our weekly technology newsletter by visiting our website, ncbi.ie, or by sending us an email to labs at ncbi.ie. So all that's left for me to do today is to thank our panel of Kyron and Adela from IA Labs, and of course, everyone for listening in. So take care, everyone. Enjoy the rest of the week, and we look forward to having you back with us in two weeks' time for the next Talking Technology podcast with NCBI Labs. <laughs>